This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and Paul Anderson is here. I definitely am here, and I'm raring to go. Raring. Nate Johnstone raring. is me, and I'm also here, and I guess I'm raring. <laughs> How do you spell that, raring? <laughs> raring. It's definitely an apostrophe at the end. Um, so we are talking about marriage. We love marriage. Yes, we do. We, and I love my wife. I love my wife, too. And we love our own marriages. And we're not saying that in a prideful way, but I do think we both have pretty good marriages. I agree. I like yours, and I like ours uh, even better. And we've gotten to, Sarah and I, my wife, we've gotten to see your marriage, our entire marriage, because mm -hmm. you and your wife are my wife's aunt and uncle. <laughs> and so, and we live near each other. And so, as such, we've seen you guys, you know, for our whole 20 years. And mm -hmm. you're one of the marriages that we've always looked up to. Thank you. Um while noting that you guys are very different than we are. Yes, um, I would I would agree to that. And so some of the ways that we operate are different than the ways you guys operate, mm -hmm. in part because you're so different from each other, <laughs> and Sarah and I are more similar, which we talked about last time. But having good examples of marriage in your life is really good. My parents have a good marriage. Um, when I was younger, they had a lot of difficulties and struggles just in life. Mm -hmm. And so they did... I don't know if I'd say they fought, but they, they certainly talked with great passion on occasion, almost always about money, because uh, money was tight. Oh. And my dad had to sacrifice a lot, including his body, in order to work to make the money that was needed for the family. Um, Sarah had a very different growing up period with her parents. They were missionaries. She grew up as a missionary in Japan. And so they were mi family ministry all the time. That came first. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a very different kind of upbringing um, than, than I had. Which would be like Karen. Which would be exactly like Karen, um, mm -hmm. being that they both grew up in Japan. And so, and, you know, you, are, you married a woman who, although Northern European descent, is Japanese. I agree with you that she mm -hmm. is, culturally, she is 100% Japanese. <laughs> Sarah is... Was, is more of a dual culture kid. Yes. Um, or even a third culture kid, depending on how you want to sociologize it. But because uh, she, she lived in Japan until she was almost 10. Mm -hmm. And then they moved back to America, and her parents and everyone else is like, You're home, welcome home. And she's like, Ma. That, what? This isn't home. Mm -hmm. This has never been home. I've visited here a couple times, but this, this is not home. Um, and so, Sarah, long time later, after we had been married for years, she looked back and she said, I haven't felt home until after we had been married for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then she, for the first time in her life, she had that feeling of home. Mm -hmm. She had never experienced that growing up. And so, so we all have our own challenges in marriage with ourselves. I'm dealing with myself is a big challenge. Um, our spouse, their situation, always a big challenge. And we talked last time about some of those challenges, one of which is expectations coming into marriage, mm -hmm. expectations we might not even realize we had. That can be difficult. And we talked about... That is so true. That is absolutely true. Because I didn't know yeah. that I had some heavy-duty expectations. They were unwritten, and they were not communicated, but they were down under. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. And I, I had some, too. Um, we talked about some of them last time. But I also I, I didn't realize that I had a little bit of 
well, you are the wife. Mm -hmm. And so when push comes to shove, if the house isn't clean, isn't that kind of on you? Now, I would have been horrified if you told me that that's what I thought because I've always been a classical feminist, right? But there I was a few years into marriage and the house is a mess and I'm having to pick it up for the hundredth time. And as I'm picking it up, a track is playing in my head that says, why do I always have to be the one to pick this up? Shouldn't she pick it up? After all, she is the woman. She's pretty bad at this, blah, 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 blah. And, and that is not a... Be careful, uh, little mind, what you think. Um, If you let those tracks play too much, then you start actually thinking and believing that. Um, And I had to, I had to face, face myself in the mirror at one point and be like, "All right, I have to admit that I had some expectations that were unknown to me and unfair and untrue. And if I don't let those go, I will be miserable." And And do that times two or three, and you've got mine. Yeah. Really, because I had similar ones, but uh, stronger, I think, mm. probably stronger than yours. And, and being that, again, you're in a cross-cultural marriage, that would, I would assume, make it even more difficult. I mean, in the people I've talked to in cross-cultural marriages, which I know a few, quite a few now, we have an international church and there's a number of people in that category, but you don't even know the expectations the other person has. Because you're, I didn't you're know unaware I was, of their culture. But I didn't know I was in a cross-cultural marriage. Oh. <laughs> See, she's so you, an American. She came from Minnesota. And she's I'm not thinking. She's very white she's, of, yes. of skin. Yes. She's not Japanese. She doesn't look Japanese. But into the marriage, 15, 20 years, and we have Japanese living with us, and finally one of them said to her, Karen-san, you are more Japanese than I. I am, and I began to love the Japanese Karen. I'm so Mm. thankful that I came to see that this was a high value. I should have been valuing her for being so different from me and the way she looks at life, the way she responds to to children and to elderly people, so Mm -hmm. gifted. So caring and hospitable. Oh my! We've Sarah and I have always been struck by Karen's incredible hospitality, and I didn't link it to the Japanese mm-hmm. at first because I didn't know enough about Japanese culture at the time. I was just like, "Wow, she has probably the biggest gift of hospitality of anyone I've ever met," and I think she does. But when you couple that with the Japanese in her, like we would joke, you cannot go over to Paul and Karen's house. With food in your stomach. <laughs> we, you cannot do it because Karen will feed you. And the, it's not really an option of whether or not you eat it. And so if you go there having already eaten, you will be stuffed and in pain. <laughs> and so we, we made that a rule <laughs> because we just found that out. It's, she is, and, and the more I got to understand Sarah's Japanese side and, and the Japanese culture, the more I realized that, oh, that is, that is a very Japanese thing you know, mm-hmm. to do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's amazing how different my wife still is now 20 years later. I'm still finding out things about her that I didn't really see before. I didn't really realize to the full extent of how different she is. 
and of what an advantage that usually is to me. Mm-hmm. And I typically take it for granted, I think. Yeah. Well, what you said that Gary had shared with you in our last session, I agree strongly with that. The best marriage advice I ever got came through a scripture that isn't about marriage. It's about discipleship. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I found out with all my expectations that I wasn't denying myself. I wasn't taking up my cross. I wasn't dying. And it was through, through preaching from Ephesians 5 about how Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to sanctify her that I saw, hey, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I give up. I deny myself. I'm not having these expectations, and I, I lay those on her. How cruel can you get? And so as I began to do this, little by little, I began to deny myself and deny my rights. I thought there were uh, things that I had that were my rights. I gave those up, and I accepted my responsibilities. And uh, years later, we're doing a marriage seminar. I step out of the room, and as I'm coming back in, I hear Karen saying to the group, Paul dies to himself. She hadn't said it to me, but it meant a lot to me Mm. that I had learned what I had not gone into marriage with but that now I was truly dying to myself. I had literally given up the expectation that she would do certain things because she's the woman, yep. and those are the things that women do. Not, I, don't, I don't lay that on her now, and I do many of those things because I love her, and I die to myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not proud of how I entered into marriage and lived many of the years, but I'm thankful now that I learned, and that we are very different, and I love the difference. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not jarring me now. I'm loving the difference, and I talk to people about it because I'm so happy that we're different, and she treats me the same way. She's, she's mm-hmm. thankful. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about this. Um, dying to yourself. It's talk about it, it. It's it's a huge topic, not just for marriage, but it's so important in marriage. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about this a little more. I want I want us to look at some examples now. You 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 brought up um, sort of gender based roles and jobs within the marriage and that sort of thing. And I had some of that as well. And Sarah had some of that as well. Um, and Karen probably did too, because um, most of us do. And Sarah and I had talked about it specifically beforehand. You know what we would expect and not expect, but then we found later that we still had expectations that weren't there. And, you know, we, we try to keep this podcast uh, pretty PG, but um, one, one of the, the things was um, sexual initiation. Mm-hmm. Who's going to initiate? And that was something that we found out um, we had a difference of opinion on <laughs> based on expectation that we didn't really realize was there. And I had an expectation. I don't know that she did, but I think she did, 
I had an expectation going into marriage from like my Christian ideal that she was supposed to fulfill my every sexual desire and need in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have ever said it that way. I would have said it much more religiously (laughs) at the time. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I believe that because we're both Christians and following God that I'm going to have a perfect sex life because I have a wonderful wife and I'm good to her and blah, blah, blah. Um, So that was an expectation that I had that, um, as with all this stuff we're talking about, marriage isn't what we expected. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I had to work out and that we had, we had to work out together. Interesting, because Larry talked to us about that very thing. Mm. And he, he came against that and said that there are times when she should be the leader and I should be the responder. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I hmm. took took it at face value, and so I didn't have to deal with that one. I had plenty of the others to deal with. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. yeah, that that is one that we that we weren't expecting to have to deal with that we did. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it was. It's just it never ceases to amaze me how our own expectations can get in the way. But learning to die to self is, I think, the key to a lot of these things. And so whether it's, you know, gender roles or, or whatever in a marriage, um, what are some other examples that you can think of where you had to die to yourself? I preached on it at Israel and Johanna's wedding. And frankly, I think I had a pretty good sermon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was there. And I've taken it to heart. That was yeah. like days after I got back from Japan with the kids. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was from Ephesians 5, and I talked about some of Israel's responsibilities, and I talked about some of Johanna's responsibilities, and I said, just so you know, Israel, your responsibilities Johanna, are not your rights. Hmm. And I said, just so you know, and I reversed it, that Johanna's responsibilities are not your rights. So you cannot say, you cannot take her responsibility and say, well, then it's my right. And uh, I think that's a common thing that couples do. Mm, I agree. Yeah. And, yeah. and That's a good way to put it. I, I took that. I, I believe I took it to heart because I, early on, the expectations, I put her responsibilities and a list, and that became my right. That's my right to, to have her do those things. And yeah. you would share the same thing. And so when I disabused myself of those things and decided I'm just going to die to myself, I'm going to die to those things, things got better. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> well, and, and it, it really is all-encompassing, and I'm thinking of things now in our own marriage. Um, I'm not sharing a whole lot of Sarah's faults. Um, nice I'm going to share this one because I know she wouldn't mind because it's silly. Um, but So we divvied up responsibilities early on in the marriage, right? One of which was I w- we, were, we were both very capable of doing things like finances, for example, and 
So we said, okay, let's just trade off year to year and I'll do the first year and you can do the second year. Okay, well, 20 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> and she has never taken a turn. Um, but I, I didn't mind that and she was very happy with not doing it. And so I do that and I do the taxes and stuff. And another thing I, I started doing once we got a vehicle was taking care of the vehicles. I don't know anything about vehicles, but I know how to take one to an oil change place and I know how to clean one and that sort of thing, right? And so my responsibility was the vehicles. Well, eventually... Um, we had two vehicles and then life got more busy. And so sometimes she would have to do something. And she realized that she started begrudging even having to get gas. Mm. Because I would typically, if I noticed her car was low on gas, I'd run and fill it up. You know, I washed her cars. I, I did everything. And so then when I wasn't doing everything, mm. that'd be, so that had become a right to her. Sure. Sure. I have the right that my husband takes care of all this stuff. And now I got to fill up gas with, from by myself. And you're making me go and get the oil changed. <laughs> and like, um, oh, like she had a problem with that. And that was difficult for her. And then yeah. she kind of realized what was happening. Sure. And that that was silly and unfair. And so she apologized. So she came and apologized to me. I'm like, what are you apologizing about? I don't even understand because she hadn't like shared this with me she didn't mm -hmm. i didn't get yelled at or anything you know yeah. she fortunately had realized that before um she had yelled at me or whatever <laughs> um but that's just a silly one i think of it because she went and got both cars changed of oil yesterday mm. and i was like wow that has never happened and i love it and she's like don't expect that to happen all the time or <laughs> next time even but and then we were thinking about this funny thing that had happened but it's easy it's easy to claim rights based on their assumed based on what they're supposed to do so now it's a right and so and sarah's really good at this when it comes to taxes because she hates even the idea of doing taxes and so when i do the taxes every year she makes it very clear how thankful she is that i'm doing that Neat. and how much she appreciates that i do it and so she does a great job in that and not taking it as a right i have a right to not have to worry about it because that's your job mm -hmm. you better do your job um and instead she is very thankful and abundant like lets me know multiple times how thankful she is and i really appreciate that because guess what i don't really like doing taxes either yeah I'm, it, it it doesn't make me happy it's not a fun week for me you know um and so i appreciate that she is thankful for something that for me is a sacrifice but a sacrifice that i'm willing to do you yeah. know good example very good example and i'm sure all of you listening can think of examples um, in your own life as well. But I do think that it is even human nature, I dare say, to, to claim your own rights. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a big key to a happy marriage is learning to lay your rights down. I'm with you all the way. For and the sake of the marriage or the other person. That's that verse that came to me it wasn't a marriage verse but deny yourself take up your cross what do you do on a cross you die yeah you die on it and follow me so i would strongly encourage you married people to look at areas where you are claiming some rights and do your spouse a favor. Yeah. Give them up. And that is harder 
to do than to say. Big time. Mm -hmm. It really is hard to deny yourself and to give up the rights, even if there are rights that you do think you deserve, as opposed to ones that you sort of made up. Mm -hmm. But it, it's tough. I can think of, there was, a, there was a period of time where Sarah would often pick up the kids on her way home from work, and I got really used to that, to not having to go get them myself. Um, and then um, her schedule got a little more difficult, so it, it would save her a ton of time if I went to pick them up. And so I started doing that. But when I first started doing it, man, I didn't want to. I didn't like it. I'm like, what? She, it's on her way. Why doesn't she just pick them up on her way? Uh, you know, and that I didn't respond real well. I was kind of like trying to hold up my rights. And I think I even like brought it to God and said, God, what is the deal? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know how hard she works? You know what she's doing? Like, she's, she's having to work way harder than she would like to and way more hours than she would like to because this is the job I've called her to do. And that's that takes a lot of sacrifice on her part. Sure. So how about you sacrifice a little bit on her part mm -hmm. and maybe shut up, <laughs> get up on your cross. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, sir, you're right, sorry. Um, and that settled it real quick for me because then I put it in the right category. In my, in my mind, this isn't a me versus her thing. Mm -hmm. And it actually never was. I was making it a me versus her sure. thing. Sure. And it wasn't a versus. It was a, do, am I going to get up on my cross or not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't like getting up there. Turns out the cross hurts. It takes time that I'd rather spend on something else. Or it takes money. Or it takes humility that I'd prefer not to show. Because mm -hmm. I like to win. I like to win discussions. Mm -hmm. And I have learned the hard way that being right is not as important as being loving. And that's, that's something I think maybe we should talk about next time is how to fight well. <laughs> and I don't even like to say the word fight, but everybody uses it, so that's okay. But how to, how to discuss slash argue slash disagree what, did, what to do about conflict? Um, because that's a real hard one. That's a hard one. So we might as well jump into the hard one and, and get up on our cross, right? Yeah. And, and, okay. So um, please tune in again uh, next time, and we're going to continue this discussion on marriage. Hopefully this was encouraging to you or at least a reminder to you of the importance of dying to yourself for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your spouse. Um, we all have to do it. So I encourage you to do it. And if you're not sure how, get on your knees, ask God to help you. He's really good at this. Mm -hmm. He's the most humble of all. So he will show you. And Father, we bless the marriages among our listeners. We bless them with healing where there is brokenness where they've lost hope, where they, where they need a sense of the future of their marriage and the hope. We bless those who are at a standstill. We pray that you would break through that with uh, a sense of their future. We thank you for those that are in a good marriage and it's getting better. We Pray that these sessions will be helpful to all who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless. Thank you.